Good morning, church. Welcome to the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Why don't you all stand up with us this morning? This morning is all about joy. It's all about joy. And this morning when I got up, did this little devotional on version, which there's some pretty cool stuff on there. Um, and it was all about joy and how joy is something we choose. And I don't always feel that every day. It doesn't always feel like I have a choice, but we always have a choice. Joy is something um, that God produces on the inside of us and is also so, it's something we receive and also something we choose. Uh, and this morning, I'm just excited to celebrate Jesus. I'm excited to celebrate salvation and that it's all about him. Amen. That no matter how good we feel we are, <laughs> there's always circumstances that remind us that we're not. Um, saw a sign at the mall yesterday. What did it say? It said, humble yourself or life will do it for you, <laughs> right? So it's one of the greatest joys of being part of the Christian community and the Christian church is that we just rely on Jesus. It's 100% Jesus, and we partner with him. And he doesn't cancel us. It's not like he overrides us and we disappear. He lives on the inside of us because he loves us. So he uses imperfect us to kind of be love to other people. And so I just love that. We can rest in that and we can have joy. We can choose joy because of who he is, not because of who we are. So that's what I'm excited about this Amen. morning. Amen. So guys, I'm going to read, uh, just close your eyes, just receive this this morning out of Revelation 5. And this part of Revelation is just, it's heaven worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that's what this season is all about. It's all about Jesus. It's all about his birth, what he did for us, why he came for us. And I'm just going to read this out of Revelation 5. It says, Then I looked and I heard a voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures, the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000. And thousands of thousands sang with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on this earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all of them were saying this, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And then the living creature said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. Father, we thank you for that wonderful picture of heaven, Lord. Father, we just ask today that we would worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, we thank you for who you are, for the joy that you bring. Father, we thank you that today is a glorious day. Today is a glorious day. We thank you for this time, this season. And we worship you today. In your precious name we pray. Amen, amen. and amen. Let's worship. Church, we magnify Jesus. We enthrone him on high. There's no room in that throne for me or you. Just him. Just Jesus. Always, only Jesus. He is worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our praise. He is the only one who is worthy. He is the only one who is worthy. And we magnify him. In our worship, we magnify him. With our lives, Lay down, we magnify him. In our radical obedience, we magnify Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We're going to come to the communion table this morning to receive the elements to celebrate the body and the blood of Jesus. And you know, the sacraments that we partake in, that we, we walk out as a Christian church, they're all meant to bring us into unity with the Father. Every single one of them is purposeful and divine. 
when we take the bread and when we take the juice, we are taking an impartation of grace. There's no space at the table for, for pride because we come in need knowing that we were rescued out of want and out of need and out of lack through communion with him, through an impartation of redemption and salvation and grace. And this is what we do. This is what we do to receive from Jesus the Christ. So this morning, as you make your way to the table, it's, it's two cups that are stacked on top of one another. So it's just one pickup. If you're gluten-free, uh, those elements are in the center on the little plate. Um, and you can come forward down the aisle straight to the table and then circle back to your seats and hold on to your communion elements because Pastor Andy's going to come up and he's just going to lead us as we take, partake of communion together this morning. We praise you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. This morning, uh, before we take, I just want to take a moment and kind of lead us and encourage us with a couple things. We gather together so that way we can be encouraged and exhorted. Amen. And um, over these past few weeks, I've been watching some Christmas movies, and I watched uh, A Christmas Carol, the Scrooge movie. Um, I watched, uh, no, I watched Albert Finney, and I watched uh, George C. Scott's version. The Albert Finney one is a musical, and uh, it gets to this part where he's with the spirit of, you know, the future, Christmas future, and uh, he comes into this big, the town, and everybody's celebrating, and they're dancing and singing this song, Thank You Very Much. Thank you very much. It's the nicest thing that anyone has ever done for me. Little does he know that in the future he dies and everybody is celebrating his death because of what an awful man he was and the burdens that he had placed on, on them. And uh, he's gone now. And um, yesterday morning I woke up with that song in my head and the question was, what is the nicest thing that anyone has actually ever done for you? And it's Jesus. You know, in that movie, they were celebrating his death because of an awful man he was. But Jesus came, and he died for us. And he was the nicest, the kindest, most compassionate, wonderful, loving, strong person, man, God, has ever walked the earth. And the Bible says in John 15, Jesus says this, Greater love has no one than this that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all of you have heard from my father. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus calls us friends. He wanted to be our friend. While we were still sinners, he died for us. Amen. He is your friend. He is kind and compassionate. He does not leave you. He does not forsake you. He's not a fly-by-night friend that comes around asking for something just when he needs something. He doesn't, he's not that type of person. He's offered us his love in full. Amen. So as we partake this morning, I want to take a moment just to quiet our hearts, examine them, and remember that he is our friend, that he loves us, that he came because he wanted to be our friend and to show us his love. And so just let that wash over you for a moment, and then we'll partake together. Father, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you that you sent him to us, the best gift we could have ever Receive the nicest thing that anyone has ever done for us. We thank you for sending Jesus to us. And Jesus, we thank you for dying for us, to set us free from sin forever, to have a friend 
that we will know forever, intimately and closely. Thank you for doing the nicest thing that anyone could ever do for us. And we receive it. We take this time to abide in you as we partake of your body and your blood. And we thank you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians 11, Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Go ahead and partake. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Go ahead and drink. We love you and praise you, Jesus. We worship you. You are worthy of all the praise and glory. And we surrender our hearts to you right now more and more and more. We're going to continue to worship the Lord, so feel free to come up to the front and sing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This morning as I was preparing for the service. He told me he wanted to arrest the attention of some people today by showing off his healing power. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know about all that. (laughs) You know how we get there, right? We're just, we started thinking in our own minds and it just kept coming back and back and back and then Ryan stopped over and he said, hey, I think the Lord wants to heal today. I know, and I was just like, man, this is right on. It's what he wants to do today. And so the Bible says this. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So if you walked in here this morning and you have a physical need in your body, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand. Right where you're sitting, just raise your hand up. If you've got a physical need in your body, come on, guys. Don't be bashful about it. All right, those who don't have their hands up, look around. Find someone who's got their hand raised and go lay hands on them. We're going to pray corporately for those people right now. Just go ahead and move around in your seats. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just begin to pray. The Bible says that He Himself bore our sins in His own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we are healed. We are healed. Thank you, Lord. 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 The Bible says whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that when two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, 
it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Father, we thank you for your healing power. We thank you for your healing touch. We thank you for your miraculous signs. We thank you, Lord, that you see every need. You see every pain. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are a healing God. Thank you, Lord, that you are a healing God. Thank you, Lord. Just begin to rejoice. We talked about joy. Father, we thank you for joy. For joy unspeakable. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for bodies working as they were created to work. Thank you, Lord. 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 Father, we just receive your healing touch today. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. We receive your healing touch today. Thank you, Lord. 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 Amen. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's a single story in there where Jesus walked up on someone who had a physical need who drew upon him in faith, believing that he was just that good, that he was the son of God. There's not a single one that he walked away from that he left in their misery. That's right. He shows up because God is not a liar. Amen. His word is true. And his word is true unto us today and here and now as we receive it and as we stand in faith. The Bible says, let it be as you believe. Let it be as you believe. Even the world knows that concept, right? You believe you're a failure, your life will bear fruit that proves your failure. Let it be as you believe. I believe in Jesus. Amen. I believe in Jesus. Amen. I believe in Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're just going to close this time of worship and prayer out with just a short reading out of Psalm 138. So though I walk in the midst of trouble, come on church, even though you walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will, he is the reviver. He will revive us. It says you will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand will save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. He's working. He's working. Even if you don't feel it, he's working. Even if you don't see it, he's working. He's working. He's working. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. So, Father, we just thank you for this time of worship, of prayer, of healing. Thank you, Lord, that you are good and faithful and that you love us. Come on, that you love us so much. You sent your son. And we're so thankful for it. We worship you today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I just get so excited after the end of worship because you know it's like not a show here. We literally, literally, we take Jesus and we lift him up right here. And all of our worship, we stand down there and all of our worship, we're not worshiping Sid. We're not worshiping Alex or Steve or Michael. 
we're magnifying Jesus. It just makes me so excited. Week after week, I just feel satisfied. I feel satisfied like nothing on earth can satisfy. And then I just know that that goes with me. And then I get to come back again next Sunday and do it all again with all of y'all. And I just think that God is so good. So we're going to take eight minutes to just uh, greet one another, say hi to one another, encourage one another in the Lord. If this is your first time with us, we are happy to have you. Um, On the backs of the seats, there's a connection card. That's a place where you can uh, put information like, hey, we were here. This is our name. Um, You can also, and that just lets us know that you were here. You can put as little information or as much information as you want. Uh, We don't call you. (laughs) I would want to know that. Like, are they going to call me? We don't call you. (laughs) Maybe send you a nice email, but that's about all. Um, But we do pray for you. Um, That connection card is also a place, church family, you know, to put your prayer requests, your praise reports, um, your testimonies. And those cards come up and go in the offering buckets during the break. During the break is a time when you bring your tithes and your offerings um, up into the offering buckets. And then also kids, ECF kids, you know the drill. I'll be over in Kid Corner. If you're a guest with kids, I have bags specifically for the kids to help them enjoy the rest of the service. And I think that's all the business. So let's just... Oh, okay. Um, okay. Uh, across the lobby during service, if you have a child that just has, is done, is done listening to this guy preach, the family room is across the lobby. It's a really nice space uh, for parents and kids to hang out during the service. You can hear the preaching and they can play with the toys. So that's available to you, as is the nursery for babies, um, for parents and babies to hang out together. Thanks, Maxie. All right. Let's greet one another. All right, guys. It's time to return to your seats. I always tell the story. I remember when we first started the greeting time, like nobody moved in the congregation. Like nobody was moving around, and now we got to break it up. So that's perfect. That's what we want. We want fellowship and and connecting with one another. I have a couple of announcements for you this morning. Um, I believe this is the last week for the OCC Christmas tree to be out in the lobby. And um, these are the ornaments that you take. For every ornament that you take off the tree, you put $10 into the offering, and that money goes directly to Operation Christmas Child, which provides a child in dire situation with um, a shoebox full of necessities, but also a toy. And then they also hear the message of the gospel. So we love OCC. We're super thankful for the team who runs it and leads it and coordinates everything. They're such a blessing uh, to do that. Um, But these are the ornaments that you take. If you go to that tree and you see a llama that just is so cute, don't take my llamas, okay? That's not the ornament, all right? If it's sparkly and glittery, that one's not for you either. This one, this one is for you to take home and put on the tree. All right. So, um, and you can stick that $10. You can mark the offering envelope. You want to mark it OCC um, so that we, that $10 goes right toward, um, toward where it's supposed to go. All right. So there's that Christmas Eve service. Christmas Eve service is on December, what day? I'm kidding. December 24th. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, December 24th. It starts at 6 p.m. We're going to keep it to an hour this year. We are determined, okay? We're so bad. Me and Jason both. We're just bad, right? We just get excited and we take a long time. So we're going to keep it to an hour this year. We are going to have delicious cookies afterwards. Um, super excited to fellowship together. It's always a beautiful service. Um, It's always lots of candles and lots of Christmas carols, and it's just a wonderful time. So don't miss that. December 24th, it's Friday, and it starts at 6 with uh, fellowship time afterwards. And then, finally, um, this coming Sunday, right, the 19th? That's this Sunday, this coming Sunday. Okay. Um, We have the Luciano Small Group. That's right here in the sanctuary. Great time of teaching. And then, is it that night? is the youth Christmas party. Um, The youth Christmas party is actually going to be held up in the Rose Center. Uh, They're going to watch a movie. They're going to have lots of fun up there. Food, Christmas carols, hot cocoa, it says. You making hot cocoa, Pastor Andy? Or am I making hot cocoa? 
With my help, he's making hot cocoa. So uh, if you are a teenager or if you know a teenager, um, it's going to be a good time. Uh, we have a lot of fun on, uh, the, at the Christmas party. So I invite you to come to that, and I think that's all. I'm all done. Okay, we're going to just pray over our tithes and offerings here. Um, uh, can, we, can we just take a moment and pray for the, all those families that have been affected by the tornadoes? Uh, down in Kentucky and in that area. Let's just take a minute. Heavenly Father, we just come to you, Lord. Lord, oh man, uh, there's just crazy stuff going on in this world, Lord, and we just, we need you, we need more of you. So, Lord, we just lift up every family uh, who've lost loved ones, who've lost homes and, and material things, Lord. We just pray that you will move in that situation, Lord. Uh, you are so faithful, always, always faithful, Lord. And so we just pray and lift those families up to you. Give them peace and grace and blessing and favor, even in these most terrible, difficult times, Lord. We just thank you that you are on the throne, Father, and we look forward to your return. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This, the scripture for offering uh, today is out of Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, and I'm going to read uh, verse 5 and 6. Um, you know, how many love the Word of God? Honestly, it's like every time I read these scriptures, it's like something else jumps out at you, yeah? It's just like I read this verse, I memorized this verse probably when I was three, right? But I just read it, and I read, and I read it this week, and I was just like, ooh, that's pretty good. It says this, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, Lean not on your own understanding. And I was thinking about leaning on something. I don't know what made me think about it, but I was just thinking about leaning. And what do you do when you lean on something? You kind of take the weight and the pressure off of your own legs, of your own body, and you place this weight or this pressure on something else. And normally when you lean on something, I don't know about you, but I don't lean on things that move when I lean on them. I lean on something that is stable, that is rock solid, that doesn't move at all. And that's what this is talking about. It says lean not on our own understanding because that's movable. But when we lean on him and trust in him and his faithfulness and his goodness, guess what happens? In all our ways, we acknowledge him and then he directs our paths. So we don't have to lean on our own understanding. We don't have to come up with every idea, have every solution, come up with every spreadsheet, every document, every perfect everything. We lean on him and because when he is the rock and we stand on him. So let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we can trust in you for everything, including our finances. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we don't have to lean on our own understanding, but we can lean on you as the solid rock, as the cornerstone as the one who doesn't move, who doesn't change, is the beginning and the end, the alpha, the omega, the great I am, the perfect rock. We thank you, Lord, that 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 is what we lean on and that you direct our paths in our finances, in our relationships, in our marriages, with our children, with our grandchildren, in every way. We thank you for it. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. I don't know who this is for this morning. Uh, Actually, I think it's for someone on the worship team. So I feel like the Lord was going to give somebody on the worship team specific direction today. So if you're on the worship team, I know who you are. Just be listening to the Lord and what he has to say. Maybe he's already told it to you specifically. Maybe he'll do it during the message. Maybe he'll do it afterwards, whatever it is. Worship team, pay attention today. I really felt like as we were praying up here that the Lord has a specific word of direction for one of you. Take that for what it's worth. Okay. All right. Open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 4. We are in a series in the month of December called The Word Became Flesh. And the Word Became Flesh is a reference to John chapter 1, talking about the Word, which is Jesus, was here from the beginning of time, and then he became flesh and he dwelt among us. And that's what this whole Christmas season is all about. We're celebrating the birth of of Christ, the birth of Christ, and who he is, and what he's done for us, and it's an exciting time, and so what we're doing is we're walking through the word, and the importance of the word of God, and last week, I did the word as a seed, 
So, and again, as a reminder, you can go listen to our podcast on Spotify or Apple on iTunes. Wherever you listen to music, we do have a podcast that has our messages on there. So if you missed last week, I encourage you to, to listen to that. But we talked about the Word as a seed, and that the Word of God, this Word, His inspired, perfect, holy Word as a seed, gets implanted in good soil on the inside and bears fruit. But it doesn't just happen because you just hope that it happens. You're just like, oh, you know, I really, if you just hold the Bible up real close to your head and say, Lord, I just, I want everything that's in here just to come and just be planted on the inside. No, we have to open it up. We have to read the word of God, the inspired word of God. And the words, as we read them, they're not just words. They're not just words. This is not your average book. This is, this is the bestseller. But this is not your average book. You don't just pick up a book, some other book, Christian books. And you can be reading it, and yes, they may be, have been inspired, but not like this is inspired. This is the word of God. We talked about when we read it, and we get it planted in good soil. We talked about how difficult sometimes it is in this world to get to the good soil. Right? We're all walking on this path, and it's easy to walk on the path. It's hard to get to the stones and get through the brush and then get into the good soil. And we talked about a little process on how to do that last week. Well, this morning, I want to talk about the Word of God as a mirror. As a mirror. And I want to start in Proverbs 4. This is kind of the key scripture for our series. It says this. It says, My son, give attention to my words. Give attention to to the words. God is speaking to his sons and daughters saying, pay attention. Listen to what I have to say. Read this word. Look at this word. Meditate on this word. If it's only a scripture or day, if that's all it is you have time for today, get in the word of God. Listen to that scripture. And I'll tell you what, here's what I have noticed. When God puts a scripture in front of you, it is applicable for that day. How many of you have ever noticed that? It's like of the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of verses that are in here, somehow through his amazing, anointing, glorious power, works a scripture verse specifically for you and for me for that day. Like, how is that possible? Well, it's not possible with man. It's only possible because of who he is, because he is God. It says, pay attention, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. This is like, a, this is like a, uh, a concerted effort of the entire body. Yeah? We're talking about your ears, your eyes, and your heart. Now, I don't know about you. I don't think I've shared too much of my personal devotional time. But I listen to the word while I'm reading the word at the same time. So I'll do an audio version of the Word of God while I'm reading it because I'm looking at the Scripture, and it's not that everyone has to do this, but I want it in my ears and I want it in my eyes so that it can get into my heart. Because some people are audio learners, some people are visual learners, some people are tactile learners. So whatever you got to do, whether you got to touch the Bible and feel the piece of paper, whether it's on your phone and you're listening to it, however you learn, we have to get into the Word of God. And it says, it says, don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in your heart. Why? For those, for they are life to those who find them. Fine. How many of you have found something that you weren't looking for? Yeah, sometimes, periodically. But typically, when you're looking for something is when you go and find it. We lose our keys periodically, yeah? We lose our, I mean, in our house, for whatever reason, our keys, I have actually have, you know those things called a tile? Now those tiles where you can like track stuff. We have trackers on all of our keys because for some reason I can never find the keys. But what I want to know, I want to be able to find my keys as fast as possible. I want to know this word of God so well that I can find everything that it needs and pertains to life right here at my fingertips. It's right here. Because there's life to those who find them. You have to search for it. And health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. And basically, to me, that means you've got to get the word in, and you've got to work to keep it there. You've got to work to keep it there, because the world is looking to take it away. And the enemy is looking to take it away. He is constantly looking to take it away. So we have to give attention to it. 
So the word as a mirror. I have a mirror. What do I do with it? Now, don't be shocked that I have a pink mirror. I live with eight women. This is the best mirror I've got for the sermon illustration for today. But here, so the word as a mirror. Why do we look into a mirror? Why do we actually pick up a mirror? Why do we walk into our closet? Why do we actually look at a mirror? Because we want to see what we look like, right? How does this shirt look today? Now we look in the mirror. How's my beard doing today? Anything out of place? What's that? Looks good. Yeah, beard's looking pretty good today, feeling okay, you know. How does that shirt work with those pants? And then sometimes we really want to get in the mirror. We've got the big mirror, and then in, in our family closet, we've got multiple mirrors, and there's mirrors behind us and in front of us. And if you know the trick, if you angle one of the mirrors, now you're getting like 360-degree views of everything on what you look like. Sometimes we look in the mirror to check if we got something in our teeth. Yeah? Sometimes we should look in the mirror more often to check if we've got something in our teeth. You know, it's so awkward when someone has something in their teeth, honestly. Like, what do you say to them? You know, you just start making these, these funny faces at them and try to get them to... But what, why do we do this? Why do we look in the mirror? We look in the mirror to see reality. We look in the mirror to see what do we look like. What is the truth that's reflected back on us? What is it that, this is why we look in a mirror. Why else would you look in a mirror but to see what is coming back as a reflection to us? Here's the problem that we have. Is too often we look at mirrors and it's like we're looking at the mirror at Waldemere. Come on, has anybody ever been to Waldemere? Oh yeah, have you ever seen the goofy mirrors at Waldemere? Right, where they're like, they're waved and they're curved. You stand in and it looks like your legs are like this and your body's like this. Now that's normal, that's my normal, I get it, right? But you know, your arms, are, or your legs are real long, which I love that one because my legs are so short. So I'm like, ooh, I like this one. But it's distorting reality. What is being reflected back is a bad mirror. That mirror is not reflecting back truth. Listen to me. Every time you go to Waldemere, you think about this now. Those mirrors are not reality. And here is the challenge that we have, is that we as a people, as I, me personally, all of us, we have this challenge that we look in a mirror and we don't actually see what God sees. We don't actually see the truth of the reflection of who God says we are. This happens in a spiritual sense all the time. When we look in the mirror, we see through the world's eyes too many times. And we see ourselves as a few things. We see ourselves as sinners. We see ourselves as not good enough. We see ourselves as weak. We see ourselves as just, in general, we're just not enough in every single area of our lives. And guess what? You, by yourself, without Jesus, that's a true statement. But when we look into the mirror of God's word, when we look to say, what does this say about me? Who does this say that I am? This is the truth that we need to see reflected back to us. We are all those things without Jesus. But with Jesus, when we accept Jesus, this world can no longer define who we are. Now, we, a lot of times we'll let that happen. But we have to come back to the word of God, come back to the mirror of the word of God and say, what does the word of God say about us? It says this in John chapter 8. I wrote a formula here in my notes. It's not on the screen. But it says this, Jesus equals the word, equals truth, equals sets you free. Jesus sets you free. The word sets you free. It's his truth that sets us free. John 8, 31 says this. When Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So what should we do? We need to begin looking at ourselves in the mirror as God sees us, and here's the first point. Stop looking at the mirror of the world. 
Stop getting your definition of who you are from the world. And we all do this to some extent in various different levels. Well, this is what so-and-so said about me. This is what so-and-so said. This or that or whatever it might be. We have to stop looking at the mirror of the world and we have to do this. We have to start looking into the mirror of God's word. We have to intentionally stop looking to the world for validation, to the world for who we are, for a world for de- uh, defining us, and we have to start looking at the mirror of God's word. Why do we do this? Here's why. Because what we believe about ourselves determines our actions. Do you know that? You actually, you said it earlier. What we believe about ourselves determines our actions. So if you believe you're not good enough, in turn, you actually do things that make you not good enough. If you believe that you're a terrible mom, you begin to do things that actually make you not a great mom. But if you begin to believe what the Word of God says about you, and you begin to change your thoughts, begins to change your action, actually changes the outcome. So this is why it's so important to get into the Word of God, because it's a mirror of who God says that we are. We begin to see differently. Open, uh, ch- go over to your Bibles to James chapter 1. I'm going to spend just a little bit of time in this passage of Scripture here, starting in verse 21. says this, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, basically saying lay aside the world. Anything that the world offers is not going to cut it. And receive with meekness the implanted word, references back to last week what we talked about, the implanted word which is able to save your souls. The implanted word, the word of God, is life and power able to save our souls. In verse 22, it says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And I don't know about you, but every time I read, uh, every time I read that verse or those scriptures, I think, of, I think of like actions that I'm doing to someone else. Right? I mean, I don't know if that, that, that's you too, but like, okay, well, I have to give to the poor, or I have to help the needy, or I have an elderly neighbor. And I always looked at that, always looked at that, word, that, that scripture that I, I was having to do something for someone else. Now, it doesn't not mean that, but I believe it means more than that. I believe what it means is this, is that if we go back to Proverbs chapter 4, it says if we get the word inside our heart and we keep it there and we work to see the word of God as a mirror being reflected back us and who we are and meditating on the word, here's what I believe begins to happen. We become doers of the word. So doers of the word doesn't just mean giving to the poor. Doers of the word, as Proverbs 4 says, get the word in the midst of your heart. Get the word in front of your eyes. Get the word in your ear. And when you do that, what happens? If you're only a hearer, if you don't get it inside, you become being able to be deceived. Verse 23 says this. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. This is why getting in the Word of God is so important. My goal for this series is to inspire you to get into the Word of God more. If you're in it a minute a day, I want you to be in it two minutes a day. If you're in it for five minutes, I want it to be ten minutes. I want you to find ways, ask the Holy Spirit to get into the Word of God more. Because look what this says. If you're just a hearer of the word, for what I'm saying is you're just hearing it and you're not letting what I'm saying with the word of God and what you're reading getting sunk into your heart, the minute you walk out of here, you're going to forget what God says about you. This is what the word says right here. 
It says, if you're just a hearer of the word and not a doer, if you are not doing it, getting it, meditating on it, putting it on the inside, when anything comes your way, trial, tribulation, somebody says something negative about you, you begin to believe what they say versus what the word of God says about you. It says that he immediately forgets what kind of man he was. I mean, it's almost like, it feels like it's impossible. Like if I look at this in the mirror and then I turn away, do I immediately forget? But what the word is saying is if we don't get that word inside our hearts, meditating on it, getting it inside of us, making it be who we are and believing what the word of God says about us, the minute we look away, the minute something happens in the world, the minute we have a naysayer, the minute anything else happens, we forget who God says that we are. Verse 25 says this, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Let me read that again. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, you're looking into what? The word. You're looking into the word of God. Into it. And is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. And what jumped out at me is that somebody has to continue in it. This is a marathon, guys. How many of you know that our Christian walk is a marathon? It's not a sprint. You know, well, I'm going to read the Bible three hours tomorrow morning, and then I'm not going to touch it again for three months and think that that's going to sustain you. It doesn't work that way. This is a constant process. It's a constant work that we are constantly getting into God's word with. We have to continue in it. It says, when we do, he, she will be blessed. We will remember who God says that we are. We will rightly see in the word what God speaks about us. How many of you guys have ever seen on, the, on your side view mirrors, it says something, it says, objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. And as I looked at, actually it was on our car in the, in the uh, garage this morning, and it just jumped out at me. And I think what we have to remember, if you take nothing else away other than you know, being inspired to get in the word more, to remember that very statement. And every time you see it, you'll remember, objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. When we look at the mirror of God's word, you are actually closer to that than you believe that you are. Come on, guys. You are closer to that in the reality of the reflection is actually better than what you believe that it is. Because the reality of the reflection is Jesus Christ on the inside of you. That is who God sees when he looks at you. If that's who God sees when he looks at you, all the other stuff, all your failures, all your issues, all your hair being out of place is not how God sees you. So actually you are closer than you seem that you appear. And so when you're reading the word of God, when you get into it, you be like, oh my gosh, I'm actually closer to the word and to that mirror of God than I actually appear. Because a lot of us, we're hard on ourselves. We, you know, we, me we mess up. We make a mistake. We're like, oh, I'm just not good enough. I'll never be able. No, 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 no. You are closer than you actually even realize you are because of who God is and his goodness to us. You are more of a reflection of who God says you are than you realize. The mirror is telling you that. You are closer to him and he is to you than you think. The Bible says he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Which means if you're looking at the mirror, he is right there with you. Right there with you. It's only because of him. When you guys leave this afternoon, or this, uh, this afternoon, won't be that long. It's only 11.30. When you guys leave today, I have something for you. Each person's going to get one of these when you leave. Because I believe it's just so important for us to know what God says about us. What is the mirror of God's word? And this thing says it's a mirror of God's word for daily reflection. And it talks about all the things in the Bible on who God says you are. Not what the world says you are, but who God says 
that you are. Michael, if you want to come back up here. I want to begin to close with this. John chapter 1 verse 12 says this. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. Do you believe in the name of Jesus this morning? We sang it, worthy is him, worthy is his name, worthy is his name. But do you believe Jesus is who he says he is? And do you believe that Jesus did what he did for you and for me for our sins, dying on the cross? If you believe that, you're part of his family. And when you are part of his family, when you look in the mirror, when God sees us in that mirror, we see Jesus. He sees Jesus. Yes, we are sinners. Yes, we are not good enough in our own strength. But because of him, we are good enough. And because of him, we are strong enough. And because of him, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Not in our own power, not in our own might, not in our own will, or our own understanding. It says, Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. A child of God. A son, a daughter of God. It is your number one calling, church. It is your number one calling before being a preacher or an associate pastor or even a mother or a father or a grandparent or a spouse. Your number one calling is to be a son or a daughter of the Most High God. It comes before everything else. Everything else. That's number one. And when we focus on that as being our calling, it it makes us want to be in the Word of God more. And we realize that we can't do it without Him and without the Word. And then in Genesis 1.27 says this, So God created man in His own image. When you look in the mirror, you must know that you are created in His image. Wonderfully, fearfully, perfectly made in His image. He designed you this way. He created you this way. So when you look in the mirror, you are closer than you realize. The object in the mirror is closer than it appears to Him who has created you. It says, in the image of God He created Him, male and female He created them. Just bow your heads this morning. I just want you to receive what the Word of God says about you today. Those who have made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, how He sees you. This is who you are because of Christ. You are God's child. You are born again of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. You are God's workmanship, created in Christ to do good works. You are a new creation in Christ. You are forgiven of all your sins and washed in the blood. You are delivered from the power of darkness and translated into God's kingdom. You are redeemed from the curse of sin, of sickness, and poverty. You are a doer of the word and blessed in your action. You are a joint heir with Christ. You are more than a conqueror through him who loves you. You are a partaker of his divine nature. You are an ambassador for Christ. You are alive with him. You are complete in him. 
You are strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. This is what you need to be seeing in the mirror of His Word. You are healed by His stripes. You are holy and without blame before Him in love. You have the mind of Christ. You have the peace of God that passes all understanding. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And you shall do even greater works. You have no lack because God supplies all of your needs according to His riches in the glory by Christ Jesus. So Father, we thank You that that truly is who we are. Lord, I pray You would strengthen us to not allow the world to define us, but that we would let the Bible define us. That the Word of God define who we are and what it says about us. That we would look first and foremost for our answers in Your Word. And Father, I just pray that we would be strengthened as we read Your Word. Father, I thank You, Lord, that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So Father, I thank You, Lord, that our faith is built when we read Your Word. We thank You, Lord, for Your goodness and Your faithfulness. With everyone's eyes closed and heads bowed still, I have a question for you today. The Bible says there's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to eternity with Him. And it's through Jesus Christ. It's through receiving that perfect gift. It's believing that He came and He died for your sins. And that He rose from the grave on your behalf. If you're in here this morning, or maybe you're even watching online and you have never made that decision. If you've never said, Jesus, come into my life. I need you. I can't do this anymore without you. I'm tired of letting the world define who I am. I'm tired of looking in the mirror and seeing that I'm not good enough, that I'm just a sinner, and I need a new reflection. I need a new reflection. One that has you by my side, Jesus. If that's you today, just slip your hand up this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you died for our sins. You came as a man, lived a perfect life. And Father, this morning we receive you again, fresh and new for who you are and what you've done. Father, I just pray that as we go through December, that we'd remember that you are God, that we would be still and know that you are God. Lord, that we would remember the meaning of this season. And Father, we thank you and we praise you and give you all the honor and glory and power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can look up here. We have some prayer teams that are going to come up front. If you need prayer for anything at all, whether it's physical need, spiritual need, emotional need, whatever it is, there's going to be teams up here that can pray with you. 
And on your way out, you're all going to receive this mirror of God's Word. Every one of you is going to get one of these. I probably can, if you need an extra one, you probably can take two for someone who's not here and get that to that person. Here's your homework for this week. This paper is only so good as if you actually pick it up and read it. This word is only so good as if you actually pick it up and read it. And I want you, every, every day this week, you don't have to read the whole thing front and back. You can if you want. If it's just one thing you want to read. And you want to read that same one every single day. I don't care how you do it. But I want you to read it this week. To remember who God says you are. The mirror of God's word being reflected back at you. So every, I don't know, maybe you ought to put it up on your mirror. That's actually a good idea. Just coming up with this right now. Maybe put it on your actual mirror. Wherever you go and get dressed and look at it, just put some tape maybe there, maybe flip it over. However you want to do it. Maybe just hang one side for the first couple days and flip it over for the second half of the week. But I just want you to know who God says you are. I want you to be encouraged all week that this is God's reflection in the mirror every single day. Amen? Amen? All right, you guys are dismissed. The prayer teams will be up here. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And amen. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful week.